Are you an entrepreneur looking to scale your venture? Do you have ideas on how to take Canadian entrepreneurship to new heights? Join more than 2,000 entrepreneurs, investors, industry, and government leaders in Ottawa on October 19th at Startup Canada Day on the Hill. Keynotes, workshops, hackathons, startup, scale-up, and skill stages, growth partner zones, and a mentor genius zone. Get plugged into the Canadian entrepreneurship community in one place, all in one day. Scale your startup and have your say through the most influential and high-impact event in Canada's entrepreneurship community. Get your tickets today to the Startup Canada Day on the Hill on October 19th. For more information, visit startupday.ca. The Startup Canada Awards recognizes excellence in Canada's entrepreneurship community. This year, we invite you to join us at one of six regional celebrations across Canada. Join us in Ottawa on August 24th, Montreal on September 12th, Kamloops September 15th, Fredericton on September 17th, Whitehorse on September 19th, and Edmonton on September 21st. And join us at the grand finale in Ottawa on October 19th as part of the Startup Canada Day on the Hill. Come celebrate alongside the movers and shakers of Canada's entrepreneurship community. Visit startupaward.ca for more information and get your tickets now. Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe, and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada. Are you ready to plan for the future? Build the financial foundations for your business with Intuit QuickBooks Startup Foundations. Enroll in the online Startup Foundations workshop and receive a free one-year subscription to Intuit QuickBooks Online. Visit bit.ly forward slash startup foundations. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash startup foundations today to register for free. Traveling for business will never be the same. With Rogers Rome Like Home, you can now stay connected to your business just like you do at home when you use Rome Like Home with your Share Everything for Business plan. For just $5 a day in the United States and $10 a day internationally, you can use your data as you would at home and receive unlimited calling and messaging to Canadian and local numbers with no roaming charges. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash small business. Here to give you a first-hand glimpse into the future of Canadian business, it's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. 
If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music. And visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I am your host, Rivers Corbett. If you're looking to access the best-in-class mastermind group, then I invite you to join my own Rockstar Mastermind. We teach people how to learn and build a successful company from scratch. Visit therockstarmastermind.com for more information. All right, we got double coolness happening on this uh, podcast, ladies and gentlemen, across the planet of Startup Canada podcast. And we are so lucky to have guests from around the world that listen to us. We're thrilled to have Sarah St. Jules and Shelby Walsh on our show today. Sarah's the head of Trend Hunters, Trend Hunters, the, which is an annual future festival. And Shelby is the president and head of research at Trend, Trend Hunter. Together they run, the, actually, I'm going to start that again, ladies, if you don't mind, because I'm stumbling a bit over my words. Okay. All right. All right. We're really into double fun today because across the planet podcast listeners, and yes, we're fortunate enough to have listeners across our planet. We're just thrilled to have Sarah St. Jules and Shelby Walsh on our show today. Sarah is the head of Tread. Tread <laughs> that's a bad one for me. I'm going to try that once more. Cyprian, I'm going to start it right from Sarah as the head. You've got the rest of the stuff covered. Sarah is the head of Trend Hunters annual future festival, and Shelby is the the president and head of research at Trend Hunter. Together, they run the popular Toronto-based Future Festival, which is a high-ranking innovation conference that's been dubbed the best event by notable brands like Red Bull, Samsung, Netflix, and Starbucks. That's pretty cool company. Sarah's the forefront of Future Festival and uses her expertise in trend research and consumer insights to produce the dynamic and innovative business conference. Sarah's had the pleasure of interviewing prominent figures in companies like eBay, McDonald's, and Alexander McQueen. And I have the prominent figures in companies like Trend Hunters to be able to interview today. The rapid growth of Trend Hunter can be attributed to Shelby's cutting-edge research strategies featured on Marketing Magazine's Top 30 Under 30. Shelby's been featured on Time, The New York Times, and BNN. In today's podcast, we're going to talk to both of these epic entrepreneurs about how Trend Hunters prize conference and what it takes to partner with A-list brands. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank hey, you. nice to be here. Yeah. All right. I love it. The energy's up. All right. <laughs> well, first of all, um, what are you hoping that our listeners are going to take away from today's uh, epic discussion? I know it's going to be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So we're definitely looking to have people understand more about Trend Hunter and Future Festival, and then also really to be able to see what a fun educational event that we've created here. Very cool. Very cool. And did I just hear a dog? We do have an office dog. That is nice. Skipper you heard in the background. So she's mine. She comes to the office every day. And uh, <laughs> Big shout out to Pe Pepper. 
Yeah, yeah, Pepper. Big, big shout out to Pepper. I love it. It's very, very cool. You know, and I, I love that you led with we want people to learn about Trend Hunter because, you know, a, a lot of times our, our guests talk about I want people to learn about personal development. I want them to learn about, you know, da- dealing with challenges and so on. But they forget about also to brag about the epic work they're doing with their entrepreneurial journey. And so I think that's so cool that you have the great confidence and the great thrill of being able to tell your story and all the hard work you're doing on it and the uh, and the uh, and the value that people are getting on it. So let's kind of dive right into it. Tell us about Trend Hunter as if I was your grandmother and you were telling her for the first time and you're just so excited. <laughs> well, we are so excited because it's pretty cool <laughs> and pretty revolutionary the way that we approach trends and innovation. Nobody else does trends and innovation like we do. So first and foremost, Trend Hunter is the world's largest, most popular collection of cutting edge ideas. And we're fueled by nearly 200,000 people who contribute to our website, a website that's gotten about 3 billion views of data. And we use that 3 billion views of data to help score and rank different ideas on our website to help find better ideas faster for the clients like the ones you've mentioned, uh, Mm -hmm. Red Bull, Nestle, Starbucks, and uh, even companies like NASA. Right on. That's cool. So how do you, I mean, I know we're going to have a multiple three uh, kind of connection conversation here. Tell me about NASA because that wasn't in the script and we've got amazing script writers who do great research, but they didn't capture the NASA one. So tell us about that. Yeah, NASA is pretty incredible. Obviously they do amazing work that's so impactful for environment and just for science in general and our understanding of who we are and our place in the universe. So we actually went to NASA and ran a workshop for them on prototyping their journey to Mars. So we really walked them through the process of how to take to get five to 10 actionable ideas away from this workshop that they could work on. And that's exactly the same workshop that we do at Future Festival this year. And what's, what started you ladies on this journey? I mean, there's, there's always a aha moment. So one, did you think of it separately and just kind of, oh my gosh, you're thinking of the same thing I am? Were you friends before? Uh, how did that whole journey of one, identifying the, the kind of journey you wanted to go on and two, why you two? Yeah, I mean, I guess the journey for both of us is very different. So I'll, I'll sort of kick it off. I started here at Trend Hunter um, because I loved the website. I initially right. wanted to be a writer. Uh, so I actually joined Trend Hunter to be a part of our editorial program, um, writing those trends uh, that then go into the custom reports uh, for our clients. So that's how my journey really here started. And then from there, it had evolved to many different departments within the company. But then back in 2015, when we first did our first ever big future festival here in Toronto, uh, I really enjoyed what I was doing. I was a huge part of the planning of that. And from there, um, I just sort of took over the reins from for future festival. How do you brand that? Is it, did, did you, were, did you arrive there when future festival was beginning or had it already been established? No, I was here a couple years before Future Festival started. So I was part of the initial crew that came up with the concept for Future Festival and then kind of took it off from there. 
can you take us through that two year journey in a nickel tour? Because this is this this whole conceptual process is so important for startups to come up with those ideas. And I think it's it's you know it's there's there's a structure behind it behind ultimately where you get to something as successful as to what you two have created. Can you give us a, a you know a, a minute overview of some you know top two things that happened in that conceptual process to come up with the with the future festival? Yeah, I mean, Trend Hunter is a really fast-paced environment, and I think you can get that from meeting anyone in our office to the actual products we deliver. Uh, we're very fast and furious, and we like to test a lot of new ideas, and Future right. Festival was one of those ideas. And you don't necessarily have to put a lot of resources into testing an idea. So we really kept it small and intimate with some of our top clients hosting an event in our office headquarters and having an epic after party. Mm. off really well with only about, I believe it was like a month in advance notice, maybe not even that. We sold out all of our tickets to that, got a full office packed full of our clients and different brands from around Toronto and even people who flew in for the event. And that's when we kind of felt that, yes, this is something that's viable. Let's make this a little bit bigger. And then we kicked off our first ever, what we call Future Festival today, um, a few years back. Three years uh, or so ago. Uh, yeah, I love it. And one of my uh, one of my earlier guests was Phil Tellio, who started the International Startup Festival in Montreal. And the same thing happened with him. He, it's like, like two months to start it, and people just came. And I think that's a real lesson you conveyed here: is that you don't have to over plan. Yes, you've got to understand a value proposition, but then get the freaking work and launch the thing and get moving and kind of fail forward. So I love that you've uh, you've referenced that point because I think there's a, that's a lot of uh, lessons for a lot of people uh, across the uh, across the audience that we're uh, we're talking to today um, just a, a little bit more about Future Festival. Shelby, I haven't forgotten you're, you're there. I know you're there, but, but I just want to reference the fact, what are, you know, because it's very intriguing, but if you had to say to somebody, what are the must attend reasons for our listeners to attend Future Festival, to get in their car, to get on the plane, whatever, to get there is a must. What's the one walk away or a few bullet points that you'd say, this is what you're going to get? Yeah, I would say that uh, one thing to kind of take away is that we're experiencing history's highest rate of change. And to stay Mm. relevant, you need to really understand your consumer and you need to understand the values that are shifting and how culture is shifting. And in the past, maybe resting on your laurels if you were a big brand would have worked, but no longer is that something that's going to work for you going forward. So really, we're looking to become the go-to conference for all things consumer insights, trends, marketing, and innovation. I love it. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. And I think there's a great reason to, to be there. Um, Shelby, and, and this is different for me to do, be interviewing two people at the same time. And by the way, folks, if you hear a pause that's happening, uh, I just told um, these two entrepreneurs to kind of, you guys figure it out who's going to answer. So it, it may be one of those ones that they're looking at each other. Okay, you're going to answer. I'm going to, but this one's for Shelby. Yeah. <laughs> it's the president and head of research at Trend Hunter. And I'll, you're, you've got a very, very uh, important position because you've got to filter through all that noise that's on the internet to provide the company with cutting edge, futuristic products and ideas. You know, can you talk about that? Because again, that's, I, I'm, I'm always one in order to get ahead in life, you got to zag when everybody else zigs. So you're the, you know, you're the lead zagger in your organization. How do you bust through that noise? I'm going to change my title to lead Zagger now. (laughs) I love it. I like that. Um, Nice. 
you know, like I said, it's about failing fast and a lot of experimentation. And I think where we really differentiate ourselves is that we heard a lot of the feedback from our clients about traditional models and why they weren't working. Relying on guru gut instinct is uh, not a really objective position. And now that we have new technology available to us to be able to have uh, millions of people come to our website and look at our content and help us to evaluate what's popular rather than us saying, we think this is popular, um, has been a great advantage. And I think that also Uh our that we've developed here around entrepreneurialism, uh, rewarding uh, proactive initiative, and also having a young millennial office, I think has taken us really far in terms of fresh new ways of thinking about consumer insights. How do you uh, how do you engage with your? Uh, I mean, when I'm, I'm looking at Red Bull. I'm looking at uh, NASA. I mean, other organizations you're connecting with, but also people who are contributing to your journey because they want to be engaged with the the, the vision that, that you're pursuing. How do you engage them? How do you connect with your outside office world? Um, so we typically go to clients' offices for workshops, presentations uh-huh. on quarterly basis, but also now Future Festival has given us that awesome connect where anybody we didn't right. face-to-face prior, we get to actually visit and interact with them and they get to meet each other. So that's been a really great uh, asset for us to kind of foster that community and get that conversation going between different industries and divisions for some cross-pollination. Besides that direct connection, are there any are, are there hacks that you would suggest to our audience that they could uh, that, that you feel are, are must hacks in order to engage with uh, engage with their clients? I mean, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that business is it's just a dating game. That's all it is. And uh, and uh, so, how do you suggest that our audience best date their customers to engage at a level that you two are at? I mean. If we're taking a dating analogy, (laughs) you're going to change your title again. (laughs) So, I mean, just like uh, if you were on a date with someone, I think that you you really want to surprise people pleasantly. Um, Mm -hmm. Do things that are unexpected and you want to go above and beyond to show them that you really care. And it's the same thing with any client relation that we have. We really look to say um, if anything's happening in their life, we want to recognize that and um, give them space or time if they need that or if they know that um, if we know that their child is going to school so they can't connect in two weeks we'll mm-hmm. package which is like a get ready for school package so that they can head them off to college feel good about that and know that you know we're invested yeah. personally and professionally yeah that's so what's the that, i love the whole pin and I, you know, I always again reference the in in the dating game what's the most important stage it's the honeymoon stage and if you can keep that going forever then you really got a a powerful relationship happening what's one of the a wow experience that you would have uh, you would have offered created for one of your clients to give us an example of how you uh, how you approach that um, so one of the experiences we actually did last year for a VIP weekend at Future Festival was we took some of our top clients and we showed them all around the city of Toronto, showing them some of the coolest things we have, not only in food and flavor, but also technology. And it was a great, really intimate setting for those who've been with us for a while. And the great part is there, I think there was like a snowstorm or something for some of the yeah. who couldn't actually, weren't going to stay the weekend and then had to stay last minute, but they had a whole thing to do. It was educational and it was. Uh, great on so many levels. So, so that was really positive. 
That's so funny. I mean, I'm sure you remember. Remember snow days? It was like, man, a holiday. It was so great. These nice surprise times when when you couldn't get to do what you wanted to do, and so you had all this free time. So that's cool. You you actually created a snowstorm for these people to be able to stay. Nice for you to do that. So um, what are some top ideas that have resulted from uh, past Future Festival? Maybe maybe each one of you can take uh, one that, that was a real, oh my gosh, was that ever cool and has possibly been has come to life because of it? Um, so, okay. Well, we can't really dis- disclose specific strategies that brands have derived from okay. Future Festival. What I can say is that post-survey, 87% left with five to 10 disruptive ideas by using the same workshops that I said we use for NASA there. And while I can't list the name brand, I will give you something a little bit more specific. But one of the entertainment okay. brands we worked with um, completely remodeled an out-of-service attraction that they had into something immersive and entertaining for guests based off their experiences at one of our trend safaris. And that trend safari was actually the millennial street food and street culture tour. So we actually had a live graffiti artist and graffiti alley, uh, street food that was remixed, like a Frito-Lay lasagna sort of thing. Nice. Um, And you would think, how does this actually relate to, um, you know, a huge entertainment brand? But they found a way to translate that and bring that back to their consumer. So even if something seems outside of your comfort zone, that's actually where the best ideas come from. Yeah, I love it. I really, really love it. I think that that uh, again, the zagging mentality. Right. And it it, it starts to create that uh, that differentiator. Um, Are you planning? I mean, so far, correct me if I'm wrong. um, uh, First of all, when's the next future festival? Uh, so it's actually this September, September 27th to 29th here in Toronto. Fantastic. And uh, our, uh, what's the uh, website address for people to register? Uh, so it's futurefestival.com slash Toronto. Okay, cool. And by the way, this isn't the end of the podcast. I just want to make sure you two get your kudos for this cool uh, festival that you're organizing. Sounds to me, though, correct me if I'm wrong, that this is primarily Toronto-based, physically got to be there. What you're doing is important work. It's really important. And so are there plans to take it, quote unquote, virtual or to take it to other cities? What's your What's your growth plan? Yeah, absolutely. So our growth plan actually started this year. So to preface this, having our three-day marquee event here in Toronto is very important to us. We are a Toronto-born and raised company, and Mm -hmm. we love bringing our clients from all over the U.S. and the world, frankly, to Toronto to see all we have to offer and really give them the opportunity to experience things that normally they would never do because they wouldn't normally come here on their own. Um, The growth plan actually started this year. So earlier in 2017, between March and April, April, we actually took Future Festival to five other cities, four in the U.S. and one in London, England. Cool. And uh, we ha- these were much more condensed one-day events. So it was our full content day, our trends presentation day. So you can kind of think of it as like a power-packed kind of learning experience all into one day. And then actually for next year, 2018, we're actually going to 14 other cities. So that's 13 across the U.S. and then going back to London, England as well. So, um, it, it's a couple of things come out of it. Why do other Canadian cities get the attraction? Is it because it's the Toronto connection and you want Canadians to, to uh, connect with Toronto? Is that the reason? Like, why not Fredericton? 
Yeah, well, Toronto, we know incredibly well because we're all from uh-huh. here. So that's why Toronto makes the most sense to have a sort of event where we have our trend safaris and our self-guided list and our different tech demonstrators uh, because we have the pool of resources here to be able to pull from. Right. And really, when we're going to the other U.S. cities, it's a lot about accessibility as well as kind of going right. to the centers where trend forecasting and market ah. research is very important. Uh, we yeah. would love to be able to explain expand all through Canada, frankly, except just unfortunately, we need to go where kind of uh, we're most needed. Well, heck, that makes sense, right? Why? Uh, well, it's, it's the low hanging fruit approach, approach. And and I love the answer. That's where trend setting activity is happening. So of course, that's where you go because you've got an, an audience, a customer base that is going to resonate with the value proposition you bring them. So I, I think that that's, uh, that's, that's, the, that's the right answer. It doesn't, dip, oh, what about Fredericton? What about Vancouver? Well, maybe that's not, maybe there's not where the market is, and that's what business is all about. Um, but to take that that amazing journey you're on and replicate it, that cultural piece, that delivery piece, all those things. I mean, there's got to be some 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 lessons along the way. I mean, we hear about it all the time. I mean, you go to different countries, you got to understand the culture. So what have been some lessons you've learned along the way in taking the, the Future Festival to other, uh, other cities, even though the audience exists there? Yeah, well, it's been an interesting ride and we get a lot of people filling out our post-event survey. It's very important for us to listen to the people who are actually attending. What did they like? What would they have changed? What ideas do they have? And one of the things that always comes up for us is how authentic their interactions are with the people working the event. Mm. And that's because we don't have an outside event firm running our event for us. The people who are running registration, the people who are directing you to the washroom, even Mm. anyone on stage works with trend hunter. We deal day in and day out with trends and we absolutely love it. So any interaction you have with an on-staff member is an educated one, whether they're from editorial, whether they're from our business development team, or whether they're actually one of the client relations team. So you physically take people from your office and you bring them down to Baltimore or to Miami. You got yes. Yep. Let's go to Miami. I'm, I'm- <laughs> That's fantastic. I bet you must have a lineup of people wanting to work for your company. That's such a <laughs> great way to one, uh, uh, you know, see the world, but also of course, uh, um, uh, learn and impact with a growing company. I think that's really cool. Have you had any, have you had any HR issues where people, uh, and, and to me, why I keep referencing this point is because this is a growth process you're going through and there's, you know, there's obviously, pains associated with it. And from the outside, okay, we'll just take what we do now and we'll bring it down to other cities. But, um, you know, have there uh, been any HR issues, even though they're within your team where they haven't been able to replicate it or because of your processes of training and and uh, and so on within your uh, your existing infrastructure that it's been actually quite seamless? Well, we haven't had any issues yet, <laughs> so that's head. great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're very conscious of that sort of thing, obviously, and we try to be as prepared and have as much forethought as possible. And one of the things that we do have in terms of um, thinking about human resources and how we think about managing people and developing them to be ready for something like this, uh, we have an amazingly talented individual, Jamie Neely, who is our VP of culture here at Trend Hunter. So she's in charge of making sure that our culture is um, 
um, that everybody loves it, what it is that they do, where everyone's feeling appreciated, reward system. We do a platinum rewards program every single week. Someone can be peer nominated by one of their peers and actually nice. be rewarded for a job well done. So we really try to incent and uh, televise the great efforts that people are doing internally in future festivals, events and beyond. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, is Pepper ever get an award? You know, she hasn't yet, but she's really holding out for one. She's she's patiently awaiting the one day. <laughs> yeah, cool stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time where we need to take a very quick break, but we will be right back with more from our amazing guests. Stay tuned. As an entrepreneur, you're always looking for ways to work smarter, faster, simpler, and better. Grow your business your way with transformative tech like Microsoft Azure, Office 365, Windows 10, and more. Visit modernbiz.ca, that's modernbiz.ca, and see how Microsoft can help you run your business anytime, anywhere. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints, from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus, save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business. Thank you to our sponsors. And we are back. Well, uh, you you both have been on an amazing journey. Your organization's been on an amazing journey. And as you've uh, as we've talked about, some of the organizations like eBay, McDonald's, Alexander McQueen, uh, NASA, and so on, you've been connecting with. For our audience who are mesmerized, I'm sure, by this conversation, because it really is a, a mesmerizing journey you're on because of what you're doing, but also where you're going. Um, can you tell us, can you tell them as to if you wanted to connect with pretty prominent brands that you're connecting with, um, is there a process to do that? Do you work small first and, you know, kind of earn your stripes or do you say, you know, act like, uh, you know, put the proverbial big girl panties and big boy underwear on and just go for it. What's the strategy you think is, is appropriate? I mean, I think something different would work well for everyone. I think for us, or at least on my end personally, what's been very successful with Future Festival is really finding a product or service that you can create or deliver in a way that no one else can. Right. So create future festival designed to be an event that we can execute that there really isn't another trend firm out there that could do it the way that trend hunter can and right. because of that uh, people have a lot of faith in what we do have faith in our event and so they keep coming back year after year because they know what they can expect uh, just because of our level of passion and ability to execute very cool love it love it love it um how close are you two I mean, we uh, we scout all the events together, yeah. so we'll be together for two weeks straight. Uh, yes, in October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So uh, how do you two connect with them? And I've had partners along the way, and I, I don't know how the structure of your business works from an equity position and so on. But you're, you're you know you're 
partnerships and the delivering of, of the of the great uh, service you're, you're building with Future Festival. How do you two operate day to day to one, uh, make sure that there's that complementary uh, um, uh, connection, but also get your job done? Yeah, absolutely. I think really open communication and trust is one of the biggest things that you can have. Um, So we're very fortunate. And I hope I also speak for Shelby when I (laughs) completely Um, the opposite. Yeah, that's right. She's a pain in the ass. (laughs) 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 We've done a really good job fostering kind of a community between the two of us that is really open for communication. We can really tell each other anything. And I feel that there's no problem that the two of us can't solve together so it's a really positive environment right does uh do you uh do you have the approach that it's a collaborative communication but yet one has veto based on the role they play in the organization i mean we're open to any and all ideas and sometimes our craziest ideas and sarah can vouch me on this come direct from our ceo i mean really outlandish (laughs) stuff and uh, it can kind of take you aback at first, but then we look at everything we have, we evaluate the resources we have, and we prioritize what could make the biggest impact. So it's not about what hierarchy you are within the company. Everybody's voice should be heard, and that's something that we try to really enact in everything we do at Trend Hunter. I appreciate that. Um, here's a question for you that's kind of off the whack, but I, I think it's an important one as it relates to titles and uh, particularly working with startups. I see this a ton in the beginning of their journey. It's the you know, Rivers Corbett, CEO and president, uh, Mary Jones, CEO and president, and they don't really understand what a CEO is supposed to do and what a president is supposed to do. So can you just, can you provide to us what for, for, uh, for, for your folks, a trend hunter, what's the role of the CEO and what's the role of the president? That's a good question. So our CEO is a little bit different. So Jeremy is one of the most requested keynote speakers in North America. So he's out of the office um, a good few months out of the year. Uh, So while he's gone, what my job is, is to really oversee the operations of the entire organization, make Uh sure that we're communicating cross-divisionally, and then make sure everybody's supported in their personal and professional development, um, which is so important. Um, Jeremy and I together lead the strategy of the business. I mean, ultimately, uh, Jeremy is the owner of Trend Hunter. Right. He started this and it's his baby, but I, we all care about it in the same sort of way and are looking to make this thing, uh, take it to the next level for of sure. Course. Yeah. And I mean, that's smart leadership, right? It's, uh, it's, 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 it's the people that know they don't know everything are the ones that are going to get ahead in life. And so I, I appreciate that separation uh, because it, to me, that's exactly how I look at it. You know, a CEO through the collaboration ultimately owns the responsibility for the vision, but brings together the team to, uh, to develop that. And the, and the president ultimately executes. And uh, so uh, you, you reference on both of those points and, and I appreciate it's a collaborative approach at, at Trend Hunter, but for our audience, it still is a separation and you should really take those people that have the talents in each one of those areas, not because, oh, I'll be the CEO and the president. It's because there's there's specific responsibilities associated with each of them. So thank you for letting me segue a bit into that area, but I see it as a significant issue that startups in particular need to address. Um, I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about each one of you personally for a second. So Sarah, we're going to start with you. What do you do to, when you're not hanging out at Trend? hunter 
Oh, well, a lot of different things. Um, I mean, I really enjoy uh, spending time with friends. I am a huge animal lover. I have a cat and a dog, so I love spending time with them. I really enjoy travel. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of things. That is a lot of things. Where's the best? If you were going to recommend a place to travel in the world, where would it be? What's your favorite spot that you've ever been to? What's my favorite spot I've ever been to? Um, Probably Curacao. Where? Curacao. Where is that? I thought that was a liquor. It is. It is also a liquor. But <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you like to travel to Purcell. I love it. Can't wait to get home tonight. <laughs> so every day, basically. Every day is a trip. <laughs> I love it. Not far from Aruba, so it's a really fantastic location. Kind of not as well known as some of the other vacation hotspots. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. And Shelby, what about you? What do you do to, uh, for Shelby time? Besides, uh, it's it. You you have Pepper, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I do a lot of stuff with Pepper. Uh, <laughs> I do just about everything with Pepper. So uh, yeah, nice. I, I love I love going up to the cottage and just swimming, relaxing. There's nothing like catching a few uh, rays yes. of sun while you can. Canadian yes. winters. Yes. Uh, also traveling. I mean, one of the favorite spots I've been to is probably uh, Tel Aviv is one of my favorite. Just culturally and historically, mm. so cool. Um, mm. Really recommend going there for anyone. Yeah, that's so cool. My, I've got three kids and two of them right now are in Kuala Lumpur in an Airbnb, uh, which is they're now in a, in a Trinity pool at the top of the building of this place overlooking the city. And I just, you know, when I hear your stories of places you enjoy, I'm just so proud of them to, to do things like that, too, because I think traveling really connects you to well, obviously another world. But I think it also brings you different insights in, in your daily life also that you might not have had. So so thank you for uh, allowing us to uh, share that. So we're going to we're going to kind of kind of head off into what you would recommend to our audience to, um, and, and I, you know, I, I, the question is going to come, what's your favorite book and so on, but I want to get back to trends because I don't think there's enough conversation about what's going to be happening in the future for entrepreneurs, because we get so hung up into what's going on now, what's going on, what's going on. And yeah, the CEO has got a responsible for vision, but in my opinion, I'm like you, it's a team, it's a team sport and therefore it's a team responsibility. So, as two leaders within Trend Hunter, what are two books, and they could be the same book if both of you agree upon it, that you would recommend to our audience that that's a must read to kind of transport them into, into preparing for the next five years of their business? Um, so what I would choose would be The Art of Choosing. Um, I'm going to butcher this last name, but it's by uh, Sheena Yingar. So she's an amazing author. She's Canadian. And the book is all about the choices that define us and the way we choose and why we choose what we choose. And so there's an amazing array of different anecdotes that she goes through. It's surprising. It's a fresh way of looking at the realm of choice from everything from um, marriages that are arranged to choosing what flavor of jelly you'd like on your toast. So it's a really, really awesome book. And what's it called again? Uh, the art of choosing. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. So, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep you two separated with just voices. Sarah. Sarah's next. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a a lot to choose from. So I guess the one that I went with is, uh, the subtle art of not giving a F. Yeah. I've seen that book. Is it good? (laughs) 
It's really, really good. So it's by Mark Manson, and it's a really interesting take on positivity and outlook and sort of your own personal life. And it's a really new kind of take on that entire realm. Um, you hear a lot about positivity and how that affects your life. Uh, but this is kind of a really comforting way to know that everything doesn't always have to be sunshine and rainbows and that it's okay to kind of look for the bright side of things sometimes. And even say the word fuck sometimes on a podcast, oh, right? I didn't know yeah. if I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, I want you to know something. That's the first time I've said that word in the over a hundred episodes that I've said. I've pushed the edge at times, but because you referenced the book, you challenged me to do it. And I, so they're going to say it and Hey, tech team, do not edit that out because that it's, it's just a word. That's all it is. Well, you two have been really epic and to uh, talk to. I, uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It could go on for hours and hours, I'm sure. Um, before we uh, leave, uh, what's the, uh, what's, how do we connect with Trend, uh, Trend Hunter? Um, so go to futurefestival.com. You can find out more about our events. And if you want to email us directly about any questions you have, futurefestival at trendhunter.com is our email. Get Drop us a line and we can answer any questions you have about our research, our presentations, workshops, or anything else. And are the two are the two of you active on social media engagement or why well, I'm saying that because I think it'd be awesome for our, our listeners to be able to connect with you on social media if you so desire that to happen. Uh, how do they get in touch with uh, with uh, with you two? Absolutely, I'm at Shelby Lee Walsh, Lee spelled L E E, and I'm at S S J zero four zero four. Why zero yeah. four? my favorite number it's <laughs> your number favorite number zero four <laughs> that's what you said i said why zero four I you said because it's my number. favorite number <laughs> i guess my favorite number now <laughs> uh, it, it, this defines how fun this conversation has been my friends um well look i can't wait to have the opportunity to meet you face to face i don't know if you'll be up the uh, startup canada day on the hill but i'll be there in ottawa uh in october but uh keep doing your magic and uh, hopefully trend hunter has a long long history with you too because i can see you're a part of their their success for sure thank you so much for this wonderful conversation to the both of you thank all right you so thank you have a great day all right you too bye bye, bye. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, I'm Nicole Verkent, founder and CEO of OMX. You're listening to the Startup Canada podcast. So back to you. You founded and run multiple companies. You uh, oversaw the sale of GMA to a private equity firm. Uh, always exciting when you have uh, an exit. So how, and this is the kind of thing that people want to hear really about, is how did you negotiate the deal? How did you know it was the right time to make the sale? What were some of those considerations? Because, um, you know, that that's an exciting time, but I'm sure a little bit of nail biting too. Well, so take that us through was it. A- 
Yeah, that was a very unique situation that um, I hope will not ever apply to anyone listening to the podcast. But okay, we, we had a <laughs> tell us more. <laughs> yeah, and, and I actually never talk about it, but we oh. had essentially had some very large increases in big government contracts with the U.S. You know, Iraq and Afghanistan were both happening, and we had expanded dramatically. So um, at that point, I decided to focus on the family business uh, through all of that growth, and and uh, my company was sort of running smoothly just doing some parts and components for the government as well but um, I started to focus on it and then uh, there was a change in some of the strategy at the US government level and we basically um, some of our coatings got classified sort of requiring us to be owned by an American investor and then we also the government had dramatically down tooled um, pretty suddenly so we had these two things that were happening we basically had pressure to become owned by an American and then we had um, under a certain timeline and then we also had a dramatic reduction in our top line and when you deal with government these contracts can be really lumpy and they can bring you from huge to small um, pretty quickly so, you know, went from basically four times the size to a quarter of the size over the course of four years where, you know, we had five factories, 200,000 square feet of manufacturing space, lots and lots of overheads. So our sale happened uh, very quickly for both of those reasons. There was some pressure. Um, mm -hmm. The smartest thing I did, I actually was thinking about that this morning, which is so weird. But the smartest thing I did was... I hired the best guy and he was not cheap, but he was responsible for, um, he did the restructuring at uh, General Motors during 2008. So mm -hmm. he knew about, you know, faster sales and some of the pressures that were happening in our timelines. And this person was just an amazing advisor. And so I worked hands in hand with, with um, that individual and we were able to sell essentially a company that had factories in uh, three countries. and. Very, very complicated contracts, and it was very, very complicated. So we, with his help, we were able to sell everything within six weeks and avoid um, difficulties. <laughs> yep. And it was different ownership, very complicated ownership. It had been in the family for over 40 years. So, wow. Uh, so it was complicated, but we did it quickly, and um, it was very, very stressful. I, um, I remember us sleeping on the bathroom one night almost, and. Uh, living off of donuts a few days. <laughs> I remember losing a lot of weight, but eating a lot of donuts. And I'm sure that was not a good combo.